Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Venu Gadamidi from Zero Food and Drink and Veritas Wine and Spirits, and uh, this is uh, the Cast Chaser Podcast. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm here with my buddy V. Uh, Venu, as he introduced himself, um, he he's a big fan of the Cast Chasers. He's supported us through a couple of events now. Uh, we did our charity event last night, and he was there for that. He was uh, he catered that for us, him and his partner Mike. Um, but a whiskey guy, a wine guy, a food guy, just a good guy, and a cigar guy. Um, and a good friend of mine. So I wanted to have him on the show and we're going to talk about all things amazing. What's up, buddy? Just enjoying this, uh, Sunday evening, you know, it's football season, it's cigar season. Yeah. It's, you know, thank you for, thank you for the, for helping us up out, helping us out last night, even though the Eagles were probably and one of uh, second to the Super Bowl, probably one of the most you know anticipated games of the year. And I happen to put my charity event because yeah. I'm thought I, I, I'm self I'm selfish on the same night. In my defense, I didn't know we've been planning that thing for months, but uh, they won. They did. They yeah. did. It gets difficult uh, with event management for for the month of of January and even early February, especially when you're in a town with four amazing sports teams and yeah. at least having somebody going to be in playoffs uh you know i had f- we had a good turnout last night but i put two free tickets up online and they were snatched pretty quick but one guy in the comment was like eagles game playing tonight good luck with that <laughs> or something like that and he was absolutely right but anyway food was great um we're actually sitting in your restaurant right now in the back um legally smoking cigars so if the fire marshals or whoever are listening we're oh, yeah. not at the location I just said. We're at a different <laughs> location, um, but we're pretending we're at the restaurant. But um, you're you're a foodie. You're you're a you're you're a well, I don't know what the word is, but you like the flavor of things. Yeah. Whiskey. We're drinking Rabbit Hole right now. Uh, wine, food. Where does that come from? So when my family uh, immigrated to the United States, this is early '80s. We almost exclusively just ate at home. Uh, there were never uh, Indian restaurants to go out. And my parents uh, both like spicy, flavorful food. And if anyone's ever eaten Indian food, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And there was really no option uh, to go out. And when we did, we would go out for Mexican food or go out for Chinese food. Both of those are you know, very flavorful, very aromatic uh, cuisines. And uh, it wasn't until probably last 10, 15 years where there was an abundance of Indian restaurants. Like here in Delaware, I probably at least a dozen that we can name off the top of our yeah. head, right? Um, so when you when you grow up eating full flavor food, then that kind of starts going to every other section of your life, you know, because if, if you're eating the world's cuisine, then when you look to your dining table, when you have friends over, you tend to see the, the, the world's population at your table. And You've not. Okay. We, we've known each other for a while, and we've sat around here. And there's, there's, you know, Amadou, the guy from, you know, from Africa. We have Wes, who's half Jamaican. We have just a, a whole host of different people that sit at this table, and that wasn't by design. It was just saying, hey, uh, if if you're a good person, if you like good food, if you like good whiskey, if you like good company, then come to the table and sit down. Let's eat. Let's drink. Let's break bread. And that's the feel, too. I mean. We haven't been to one in a while, and if you've done it in a while, you were having your Sunday mm-hmm. uh, at your house, at your at your condo, your Sunday uh, potlucks. Yep. And yep. 
that got started. Uh, <laughs> funny story. So a couple years ago, I uh, there's a local chef uh, who uh, would cook dinners at people's homes. And uh, during COVID, he didn't want anyone in his house, reasonably <laughs> speaking, right? Because he's got uh, a family home at home. Yeah. Uh, so he decided that he was going to take his show on the road and he'd come cook at um, the customer's home. Um, so I had him come over to my place. This is August of July, August of 2020. And um, I had uh, five other people come over to my place. And at this point, I realized I've been living in this apartment for a year or two, but I had a, a table without chairs. I had a kitchen without forks and knives and spoons and cups and plates. Um, I never cook in my condo because it is literally a five, five, five minutes is a lot yeah. for me to describe. You know, like I always cook at, at the restaurant. So for me, I never needed, I cook here, I eat here, I everything I do exists right in here, right? So Sleep uh, here. So some some nights, you, you know, what, there, we have about 15 fridges in here. There's a lot of white noise in here. So there are nights where I'm in my apartment. And I'm like, this is way too quiet. And then I grab my dog. I'm like, we're going to shop. And I literally get on, on the couch. So I, the, on the other side of the, the refrigerators over here, I have this little little room. We call it my little apartment. Uh, but Porter, my dog, usually sleeps on the, on, on the couch. Uh, but, yeah, we'll come down here at 3 in the morning. And I will get the world's best sleep. until yeah. It's yeah. comforting. It is. It, it, it's comforting. This is kind of all I know. It's kind of sad to say, but like uh, since I've opened up in, in 2009, um, I've had to try every which way to keep the shop kind of moving and, and growing and evolving and whatnot. And um, so from probably to, uh, I'll just say October of 2008 up until now, if, if anyone wanted to ever assassinate me, you know, uh, there's a 99% <laughs> chance you, you'll know exactly where I am, right? It's, it's, it's not a different I always thing. know where to find you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so I actually ate at your other restaurant, Zero uh, Forty Acres, um, this morning for breakfast, um, hangover breakfast. Yeah. Uh, chicken and waffles, which I mean it with all my heart. Danish shaking your head. Those are the best chicken and waffles yeah. ever, ever, anywhere. And it's not a hot sauce. It's like a pepper uh, chutney it, kind of thing, I guess you could say, right? I think we switch it up every once in a while, but it's it's like a it's it's a syrup with uh, with some bacon and some jalapeno that yeah. goes in there. So, oh my god, it's friggin' delicious. And then Dana had the uh, French toast, um, which we ba- we shared from one another. But the food is always on point. You know, Chef Mike. Um, who, he's a quiet guy. He's an introvert. And I, I'd say you're probably an opposite. That's why you're yeah. front of the house more than you know he is. Um, you guys are just talented, very, very, very talented. But the food, you say you come from, you know, you're Indian. You come from an Indian, you know, home. Why not yeah. an Indian restaurant? Do you feel like it was played out, or you just wanted to really explore no. more? Or before I uh, before I opened up Zero uh, with uh, with Chef. I was actually serving Indian food here for roughly about four or five years. Oh, okay. And I was prepping for about 25 uh, meals, and uh, that, that required me to wake up at 6 in the morning and chopping onions. I just smell like, like curry all yeah, the time. Yeah. I love the food. People loved it. Like, uh, right around in, in, the, in, in the immediate area here in Wilmington, there's a lot of banks, and there are a lot of... Uh, I hate to use the term fresh off the boat, but fresh off the boat Indians, you know, the guys that are working in the tech sector over here. And a lot of them come from my part of India and they would, they, you know, they're 12,000 miles away from home uh, from, from their mom's cooking and from traditional South Indian cuisine. And that's exactly what I made in here. 
without holding back. So I probably lost more customers over time only because I refused to make the food any less than what I would eat. Yeah. And a lot of times when I was making the food, I'd always set some aside for my parents, you know, so I was. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So then if, if, if my mom and dad like the food, then that that's the the best Yelp review I could possibly get for my food. And yeah, so I, I did that for for many years, but then it just it just got to be a lot of work. Um, and there are quite a few really good Indian restaurants, but for me, surrounding myself with talent is what makes my business succeed, right? So when Chef became available, I just said, hey, man, I got front of the house, you got the kitchen, let's do this thing. We're going to do an unconventional restaurant. We're going to take my liquor store, cut in half, and put it in a little, uh, little, little tiny 25-seat restaurant. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, it's a cool vibe. It really is. And the reason I bring, you know, why not Indian food really for the listener because they just heard you say you're from India and and then I say chicken and waffles. Um, yeah. And they're thinking, wait, what? I thought that was, you know. <laughs> um, so it is. And every, every week come, you do um, a tasting menu here. And this is, I don't know if the word is fine dining because it is. It's small plate, very like something you would see on like Top Chef or something, yeah. but it's still comfort food. Yeah. It's it's a, it's hard to explain. You really have to I experience it. Fine dining, you know, we're, we're not putting out white tablecloth. We're not putting out silverware. We're not, you know, running around here with uh, tuxedos. Fine dining is almost an archaic term now. There's a lot of fine dining restaurants that are either closing down or swapping over to a little more relaxed environment. Um, but more thoughtful dining. Is, I like that. Like, you know, it's... There's something went into every single dish, yeah. you know, like, and it's not just, oh, these ingredients, but, you know, chef works with, uh, with farmers here in Delaware. Uh, I work with the winery where I make my own wine. Um, when we come up with a cocktail on our drink list, it's not just, uh, let's just put this thing together. There, there's a story behind everything and we want it all to kind of work together. So, you know, I never once told chef, Hey, uh, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. But what we do with each other is we 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 put out our opinions, you know. Yeah. Or I, when I came back from Nashville last year, um, I was at this amazing restaurant by this uh, chef owner by the name of Sean Brock, and they uh, they took us from we had a reservation for a five course tasting menu, and long story short, they bumped us up to a ten course tasting menu, and I got up to course number five, and I was tapped out. Yeah. And uh, I was looking to my guests, uh, Mike and his wife, uh, Street and his wife, and uh, another one of my friends. And I was like, I don't know how people eat the eight-course tasting menu in my restaurant. Like, I'm, I'm done at five. So for the next four courses, I was literally taking one spoonful, and I was giving it to the rest. Or we were saving it for little Scooby Bites for later on that night when we got back from the bars. Uh, so on, on the return, that's when I decided to go to Chef and say, hey, instead of just doing the eight-course taste menu, why don't we just give people one spoon Yeah, the way I dined in this restaurant? And that's all you need, you know? Um, there's this old study from back in the day. It's funny because we were just talking about Snickers just before we started recording. Um, but the scientists sat these people down, put all these electrodes over the people's brain, or their, their, their skulls, and they would take slivers of Snickers and they'd give it to the person. And then they would give them the entire Snickers bar. And the brain activity flourished when they just had a sliver of it. Versus having the whole thing, right? And that's where our taste menu comes from, the six-course, eight-course, the chef's table versions. But in this scenario, we're giving you 21 courses, yeah. and you guys have been here for, for a few of those. And 
the response has been phenomenal. We have one coming up next week. Within the first three hours, we were 75% subscribed for that dinner. It's the coolest experience. So, yeah, we do your normal tasting menu. And when we first sat down, I remember the first time we came here, um, the, the food, I can't, I can't stress enough how fucking delicious it is. It, it is. But you told my wife, Dana, you said you don't have to eat every plate, the whole thing. You don't have to eat the whole thing. And it was so good. We're, you walked away, and we were like, fuck that. I'm eating the whole thing. <laughs> Dude, I got, I, what, how many courses was that? Maybe five? No, you guys did an eight course. It was an eight uh, course? Yeah. And we started with a cheese board. I was suffering. (laughs) I was suffering. But the food was so good, you just punish yourself. But you're full. Like, I mean, you're, I think, what is it, 30 minutes until your stomach tells your brain you're full? Yeah. So you just keep shoving your face. But the 21 spoons, I was full, but comfortable and very satisfied. Yeah. And, yeah, each bite was like, oh, my God bring the next one bring the next one and you didn't miss it no you know you didn't miss you didn't want a whole bowl of that thing you just wanted to keep experiencing the little slivers of snickers i guess i think part of it is you know there's more dishes coming up any one of those specific spoons would have satisfied you as a much larger meal but you know there's more things coming up um yeah it just it it keeps things exciting for 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 the guests to be able to try that and a lot of times, you know, for I say, hey, we have this 21-course menu coming up, and I don't tell people about the spoon aspect of it until I've got them, you know, kind of interested. Because at first, like, oh, my God, no, there's no way I can do 21 and, course. And, and if you obviously, you had the eight-course tasting menu. Chef puts a lot of food on that yeah. plate, you know, so it's um, so that usually kind of is initial turnoff, and they're like, but here's a catch. You're only going to get one bite, two bite, and you're going to keep, keep you moving. Yeah. Um, but that's, in a restaurant, we, we like doing fun things like that because – on the um, the previous weekend, I was trying to get Dana to do this uh, for you guys to come in and do our eight-course vegan dinner. But I was going to all my regulars who normally would come in. You know, we did the, the barbecue and and uh, bourbon with you guys last summer. Mm. This was the anti-that, right? This was straight-up vegan food, eight courses. That's a difficult menu to pull off. And I tell everyone that was probably the most trying menu that we put out and when people were walking out of here they were all just like oh my lord i never thought vegan food could taste so good i regret not coming for that well, well we're gonna do another one yeah. I'll, I'll do a 21 rarely, spoons vegan for you. i rarely <laughs> miss your 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 the the really cooler i try to hit every one of them um we just we're just we get busy but i think we come to most of the Saturday, the friday we're coming to this one coming up the menu yeah. looks incredible um, but yeah, so no, it's a, it's, it's a lot of food. It's very interesting that, that, uh, you know, how it, it, I, I, I think it's like whiskey, you know, minus last night, which where I was obliterated and anyone listeners that came to that, you saw me at my worst, um, or best. I don't know. It depends on your point of view of things, but, um, with whiskey, it's not about getting trashed on it. You know, people come to my house and they see my whiskey collection and it's it's I have more whiskey than some bars have. You know what I mean? And they're like the first thing that comes through a non whiskey enthusiast, whatever his brain is, you need help. But yeah. what I say, it's like food. I'm not I don't gorge myself no. on it. You, know you would need I mean? help if all those bottles got emptied by the right. end of each week. Or right? they were all the same brand. Yeah. And I just yeah. needed all of yeah. them because I'm going to drink them all. Yeah, no. You don't gorge yourself on it. You enjoy it. You pour a small mm-hmm. tasting, and you really appreciate what's in front of you, and that's enough. 
I always tell a lot of my customers, especially when it comes to to spirits, that you know when they, when they walk in, you know, I initially say you know greet myself, and if they're regulars, I say how was that bottle you bought last week, and I say are you ready to get another bottle? Their typical answer is like I'm going to wait for that bottle to be over, and I typically I'm not trying to upsell them. I'm just saying you should always have more than one bottle open in your apartment, so this way you can say okay, well we're drinking the Rabbit Hole Derringer then maybe try another version of this or go to another uh, distillery and try their product. And once you have a collection, then you can learn yeah. what actually differentiates X versus Y versus, you know, and even within Rabbit Hole, there's, what, four or five different expressions, and their price points range from the 40s up to, I don't know how high. But when you try a base-level bourbon and then you juxtapose that against a $100 bourbon, then you could see where the $100 went to. Or you can say, well, you know what? I, I bought this $100 bottle, but it ain't that much better than it's the It's not bottle. 100% better than yeah. X. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Or yeah. sometimes you find yourself in the middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. I would advise against the 21 spoon version of whiskey, though. Um, <laughs> 21 shots might ruin your life. But yeah. eight course, four course, yeah. maybe whiskey pairing. That's well, So yeah. that's what we did when we did the, the barbecue and bourbon. Uh, that was. Some, sometime last summer, right? So with Bardstown, well, yeah, and yep. then and we we had everything that Bardstown can possibly get us, and we were making some cool, fun cocktails. Matter of fact, I think you guys were my my my, my drink runners that night because uh, we were so short staffed. Um, but at the end of the day, we we always just tell people have a nice selection, and then you can start making conscious purchases, and you can start knowing the difference, and you can start understanding yourself. Um, same thing with our food. Uh, next week, what we're doing, you know, with the spoons, we have a theme of different countries from around the world. Yeah. And this way, you can have a course of, of three different spoons from Japan, three different spoons from India, three different spoons from Puerto Rico, three different spoons from, you know, so on, so on, so on. And this way, you can try those foods. Like, nowhere else are you going to be able to have seven different countries through one dinner. And I'm making the courses for, for the Indian section of it, you know, so... Obviously, Chef is doing all the other ones, but I said, hey, if we're putting Indian food on the plate. <laughs> I got to touch it. I'm, I'm going to be yeah, in the kitchen. It's got to be you know, me. So. And, and just, you know, the listeners, I want you, because they're trying to picture it. Yeah. These spoons, most of them, they're, they're those, um, those like uh, soup, the big, you know, Japanese, Chinese, yeah, 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 Chinese yeah. soup spoons. I think they're called miso spoons. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you are getting a bit of a bite, but it's nothing. It's not like a, he's not coming out with a teaspoon per. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's one bite. But it's a, a big bite, and it's it's incredible. Heidi, you know how lucky I am. Oh, you are so lucky. I know. Being married to you, that's number one, right? That's no joke, babe. It's no joke. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Aside from being married to you, my two favorite independent bottlers mm -hmm. happen to be in the Impux portfolio. What luck. I know. We've got Adelphi Selections. Yeah. Bottler started in 1993, I want to say. Okay. And Single Malts of Scotland. Yeah. Who those casts are selected by my good friend, Ollie Chilton. I know Ollie. You know Ollie. Yeah. Yeah, he came to drink with us. Uh-huh. So back to the idea of drinking off the beaten path. Oh, this again. If you are looking for a wide array of flavors, going after independently bottled whiskey is where it's at. Because their idea is never to repeat a flavor. Never? Never to repeat a flavor. Well... Always bottle something new, always something different, and more importantly, always something delicious mm -hmm. and something that won't steal all of your wallet. Okay. 
That's kind I like of that part. You like that, but I knew you'd yeah. like that part. So listen, Haida, I have to tell you, and I have to tell our listeners here, Impex Beverages. Yes. Proud sponsor of Cast Chasers Podcast. Excellent. All right, so we, we're talking food, we're chatting whiskey, mm-hmm. but V, you blend your own wine. I do. And I really want, I love painting pictures. That's the bummer about a podcast is you kind of have to listen, so we got to paint the picture. You're a avid biker. Mm-hmm. Hell's Angels. No, he's a bicyclist. Um, you have a dope bike, by the way. We'll talk about that a little bit, too. Um, and I'd like to... If we can get a picture of his picture up front with the bike in the middle of the road, you literally bike all over, but you bike essentially the coast yeah. and you head out to California, that coast. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about your, your wine, the biking experience and all of that. So let's, let's start with biking. Cause I know yeah. we may have some bike listeners. Let's that's. So for me, I'm, I'll, I'll be 45 in a couple months here and Gross. you know, I was, uh, there's a joke amongst uh, amongst Indians that we, you know we're, we're we're great with calculators, but we're not good with uh, with physicality. You know, like out in the field. So for me, playing football, no, not going to happen. I've got arthritis. I've got asthma. I've got everything that's you know kind of debilitate me on the field. So uh, I was kind of uh, went to biking. Um, so once I actually when I opened up the shop, uh, within a year or two, we we're so bankrupt in here. I had to sell my my road bike. Uh, just to Oof. come up with whatever money possible yeah. to, to 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 pay the bills, and then a couple of years went by, and finally, you know, I, I had a bar here before we opened up uh, the restaurant. Uh, it was only liquor, only drinks. There was no food here, and um, you know, slowly started climbing my business out of debt and getting to a, a comfortable place. So then I I, I purchased a, a road bike, um, and then I just got another one during COVID. Um, but for me, biking is it's exercise it's my version of yoga it's my version of just seeing the 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 country from just a different angle um i i'll go on little 17 mile rides from here to historic newcastle and back um or i'll go from here to delaware city or from here which is about 30 miles or from here to uh shapers and chesapeake city and back that's about 60 65 miles and these seem like large numbers and they are but once you become a, a avid cyclist then 65 miles is about four hours of cycling and probably a total of five hours on a bike um, it requires for you to wake up super early especially come july when the high temps get to 100 degrees you don't want to be out there uh, dehydrated and whatnot um it's, it's it's a fun activity for me it's something that i'm okay at you know i, I always ride with a bunch of different people for different events and there's uh these cyclists that make me look like a snail and there's other cyclists which, uh, you know, make me look like a superhero. So, but it's a fun thing to do. No one's judging anyone. We all, matter of fact, in in our little riding circle down here at the riverfront, we have one of the riders, and he is uh, he's a big boy, you know. And we had, we had to get him a reinforced bike so the the flat tires would end, and it could actually be enjoyable for him. But my regular riding partner is as physically fit, six foot tall dude who can smoke me on the trails um but no no one gets upset you know we go go at your pace and we'll all meet up at the end type of thing um so i actually have a, a bike carrier so i can actually travel with my bike so i just take the wheels take the seat take you know the bike apart a little bit pack it all up it looks like those little hard case carriers that you put on top of your car yeah and uh and i can travel with it uh, american airlines makes it pretty pretty cheap actually i don't have to pay a baggage fee for that and just put it on a plane and go where i gotta go 
That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. you. Uh, I thought of, or I wanted to. I kind of still do get into biking because it seemed like the thing the same way. You know, I don't have time for a lot of things, but I can jump on a bike and ride mm-hmm. for a couple hours. And we were talking about that, and you were like, yeah, you can come do the uh, ride down to, uh, I guess, like Rehoboth is yeah. the first thing you brought up, which is like, it's about an hour drive, yeah. and you want to bike that. And that's when I gave up on you. That's when I, <laughs> that's when two things happen. I thought, he sees me as somebody that can, and I love that about him, but I'm not. I'm a, I'm a consummate salesperson, yeah. so back, back in the day... Uh, uh, I used to sell for junior achievement, and I was walking through Hickory Hills in Hocassin, and I just went up to a very normal neighborhood, and I rang a doorbell, and, and we were making these potpourri uh, balls. I uh, just take a bunch of potpourri, put it in some cloth, and you put a bell on it, and stuff that you throw in a corner of your house and you forget about it yeah. type of thing. But then we also made these uh, like wooden wreaths of sorts, so you put the potpourri inside, you can close it, you can put it up on a wall, and those were maybe $10, versus potpourri balls were like $3. And ring the doorbell, and I wasn't too keen on selling the $10 one because no one was buying it. But then uh, this guy heard my whole sales pitch. He must have been some some salesperson himself. But he said, you know what? Introduce the $10 product first. And then when that becomes too expensive, then you can say, okay, here's a cheap alternative. Here's here's a $3 potpourri ball. And you'll immediately sell three of those little potpourri balls. So when I came to you and I said, yeah, let's ride to Rehoboth, you'd be like, hell no, we're not doing that. So then <laughs> I don't now all of a sudden, Rehoboth. <laughs> riding our bikes from here to Delaware City and back, that's a 30-mile bike ride, some hills, not much, by 600 feet of elevation max. Um, then that becomes much more doable, right? That, that mm-hmm. Because compared to the 92 miles from here to Lewis Beach, 30 miles, that's a that's a third of the of the distance. And But I, I, I am going to get you on the trails one day um, just yeah. because it is – it is. It's. It's not easy at first. Uh, you're going to end up with a very sore ass and shaved everything. Um, you're not going to be able to sit down for a little while right afterwards. Uh, but once, once you get over that initial hump, then it becomes something that you kind of crave, um, and it's, it's it's a way to burn some time. You know, I love. I, I own two restaurants and a wine shop. I love to eat and I love to drink. It's. You know, just those things come with calories, though. Yeah. And the better the food, most likely the better the calorie count is, the higher it is. So uh, on on a bike ride from here to the beach, I don't even know how many calories that is, but it's at least worth two pizzas. You know? Yeah. So not that's just a good pizza way. slices. Two sure, pizzas, yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With some toppings. Yeah. So. No, that's a, that's a good pitch. You know, in biking, much like whiskey reminds me of my childhood um very different reasons but i used to um i used to ride my bike like every kid i was i'm a kid of the you know 90s and uh 80s and that's what you did you rode your bike around it there's something freeing even by myself i used to just go ride and so no i i I can i see the appeal it's something i am interested in but um so you you go out to california i think you do it once is it once a year or try to try yeah to. and um you you blend your own wine you work with a a vineyard out there talk, let's let's talk about that let's talk about that process because i'm fascinated first off your wine is gorgeous it's delicious it's probably my wife and i one of our favorite your red um is one of my favorites and um it's it's simple the bottle meaning it's simple um we'll post a picture of this too but um the wine is complex so you definitely know what you're doing Going back to what I said earlier, you got to surround yourself by uh, by talent. You know, that's how I brought Chef on board over here, and uh, with with making this wine, uh, I work with a winery in uh, Paso Robles in California. I've been selling their wines in my shop for over a decade, uh, going into this project, 
and uh, uh, I, I've, I've tried to go down this road in the past, but the the logistics and the economics of it were just way too much. I didn't want to take a huge risk going off on my own. But, uh, you know, with owning a restaurant now, um, having a platform to uh, pour someone a glass of this wine first, and then they can walk over and purchase a bottle or a case afterwards, uh, allowed me to take that huge risk. Uh, but everything really got kicked into overdrive during COVID. Um, in the year 2020, I think I was riding, I think I probably logged in between four and 5,000 miles. I rode my bike more than I drove my car that year. And then in 21, I, um, I actually went out to California. So the way it works is, you know, we have the winemakers at the winery out there. They, uh, those guys are geniuses behind everything I do. And we, we talk about a, a structure, a feel, uh, everything to describe the wine. And then the winemaker sends me notes and uh, will actually send me just vials of just all the different pulls. And we sit there and pretend like we're in a laboratory and start blending and then we'll, we'll try it and then we'll at least kind of narrow everything down. And, uh, during this trip over here, uh, you know, I landed in San Francisco, uh, rode my bike down to Paso. It was about 250 miles, uh, took about three and a half days to do. And then, uh, you sit down with the winemakers. And at that point we had narrowed it down to 10 different, uh, great varietals and different sections from the vineyards. And we're able to come up with the, with the final blend over here. That took us about, probably about two two days, four sittings in total to, to put together. I named it after my mom. Uh, the reason I did that, when I was in California riding my bike, um, when I first immigrated to the United States, this was in 1981, um, my dad was at Berkeley. You know, He was hard at work trying to make every penny possible. And uh, so it was just me and my mom and my sisters, and I'd be outside of my tricycle. And my mom would always uh, open a door and yell for me to come inside when Sesame Street was on or whatnot because I was speaking my native language back then. And I learned how to speak English by watching that and hanging out with my mom. I'm pretty sure my mom was learning English the same way too, you know. So here I am almost 40 years later riding my bike again in California and it just this huge rush. I'm not sure if you've ever been on Pacific Coast Highway, but it is one of the most gorgeous highways in the world. You have the ocean on one side, you have cliffs on the other. I think I've shown you some pictures. And for me, I've lived most of my life on the East Coast, but I'm still a California boy at heart. I love California. I love the people there. I love everything about it. I've never had to pay taxes in California, so maybe not that aspect of it. But nonetheless, um, I knew I was going to be making this wine. I just didn't have a name for it, and that wasn't even part of my uh, uh, strategy going into the whole thing. I was going to come up with a name at some point, but... When I was on the highway, I was just like, I'm going to name this wine after my mom. This is the the pinnacle of everything I've done so far is to create this product. And who else could I possibly name it after? Or what else could I, what other name could I ever give to this thing? You're on your bike and you can almost literally say you heard your mom again. Yeah. yeah kind of calling you. Man, that is, uh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So how do you pronounce this? I don't want to, I don't want to. Well, my mom's full name is Vijaya Lakshmi Gadamidi, uh, but she goes by the Jaya. That's a Jaya. that's a short name for yep. Yeah. yeah, Jaya, J A Y A, and it's just simply just signatured on the front of the bottle on a black label, and it's simple. Like I said, that's what I meant. Simple, uh, but now you know the story. Stories behind things mm-hmm. make them taste so much better. 
And when you take us, you know, with the 21 spoons, a trip around the world, or I've had the wine, it's delicious. First time I've heard that story. Um, now it's just going to taste better. And yep. then, you know, drinking it with a friend, you know, in the setting, it's just that adds to it. There's layers there. And that's what I try to explain to people about fine dining or good food or seeking good food and drink and whatever. If you're going to throw something in your body, it should hearken something it should it should tell a story or should have some depth and meaning to it and that's an art form you know what i mean right now i'm actually doing a a four on 20 off so i'm doing a a a a fast of sorts right okay so i'm only eating for four hours in a day and but i was never the person to wake up in the morning and have chicken and waffles and a cup of coffee before i start my day like for me i'm not a breakfast eater i never have been um so usually I don't have my first meal anyways till about one o'clock in a day, but um, I've been going through some health issues the last couple of years, and I'm off of all my medication right now except for taking a leave because I am 45 years old and joint issues. You don't um, look it. Oh, my my gray hairs will tell you, and my, my knees look it. My you're like an Indian George Clooney though. <laughs> I'm not sure you about know what that, I mean? but so um, but some of the medication was actually putting pounds on me. So. Uh, uh, the year when I opened up uh, Ciro, I was at 185, about 180, 185. And then uh, this past October, I hopped on a scale and I was at 235. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is, I'm up there. And obviously eating chef's food and not having all the time in the world to go, you know. But I still work out. I, you know, I ride my bike up and down the coast, yeah. right? So um, I decided I, I was going to make a whole lot of changes, but I was just going to try to narrow down the hours which I eat. And also try to get some more steps in. And when you only have four hours to eat, then you become very mindful of what you're eating, right? Because now it's like it's like when you walk into a candy shop and your parents are like, you can have whatever candy. Then you sit there like, wait, which candy? You would think it's the opposite. You think you just reach for everything, just shove it, in, you know. Uh, but no, you actually start really thinking about how do I make this count? You know, how I like do I that. make this dish count? Because I'm not going to eat again for another 20 hours and it's each to their own you know i know bodybuilders that eat white rice and boiled chicken and they're like i just eat for the you know but they have their thing too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you have to have your thing it's just within reason and um i typically am not a big big breakfast guy unless i you know drank heavily the night before or you know if i'm not working that day but yeah i'm i'm i pick throughout the day my problem is i'm in an italian family my wife's italian and um and specifically on sundays like tonight i had a big pasta dinner yeah um that's not something and then i do nothing with that with that i'm watching it it's listening to you talk um and you're in good shape and you do take care of yourself but i'm i'm literally before i came here i'm eating the biggest plate of pasta watching um alone which is the show about surviving and these guys are like okay uh, I just burned a lot of calories making this, uh, you know, hut to sleep in. I need to find food. Yeah. And I'm just throwing spaghetti back thinking, yeah, I got to get some calories to get up. Yeah. <laughs> and to get up and walk <laughs> to my car. So, no, but within, look, I'm in the same boat, man. I'm not physically where I want to no. be right now, but I call it my winter body, and um, which is a winter body. Trademark. <laughs> There you go. You can have that. But no, your wine is fantastic. We're not going to pour it because I'll throw up because, again, I'm hungover. Although I am yeah. drinking drinking ginger ale and rabbit hole. 
I don't know if that makes any sense. Your wine is incredible. Uh, your the food is amazing. You don't give yourself enough credit. This conversation you're you're saying now, I surround myself with the right people. You're the right people, man. It's you know, um, I do take credit for whatever successes I have, but I, you know, for me, success isn't you know the fancy car. It's not the loads of money in a bank account. It's none of those things for me. When I when I have this wine, I have to be able to pour it in my restaurant and have people try it right in front of me. And we that's nineteen dollars a glass for this wine. Mm, worth it. And it's easy if if I just sold a bottle. You went home. This is a very tourist area at the riverfront, so most of the times I'm not going to see that customer ever again. So it'd be very easy to sell the bottle and call it a day. But when I have to stand by it, and when you're drinking it in my restaurant and paying nineteen dollars for a glass of it, then it kind of puts the pressure to make sure it's great. You know, yeah, and, and put in my put in my mom's name on exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. And and half the people who dine here in the restaurant, everyone knows everyone. This is northern Delaware. It's it's two degrees of separation. So if I put out a, a shit wine, people are gonna find out very quickly and it's a huge investment to do something like this. But it was never about the investment. It was simply just to say, I'm gonna put my name on it. So my mom's name's on the front, but I put the signature on the back of this label on on, on the back label. And that's how much I stand behind the, the product. Yeah. Um, but if I was just to go to California right now and go pick a bunch of grapes and crush it and put some yeast and you know ferment and create, uh, no, it's not going to taste that good. I know what I want, I, but I get the smart people around me to yeah to get me there to to yeah. to do that last uh, that last mile of sorts. Some yeah. of my favorite whiskeys are blends. I, I I think it's an underrated art form blending that people don't. A lot of, when I talk to people about you know I'm trying to put them on a whiskey. Yeah, I always ask them if they're not a whiskey person. Well, what do you drink? And if it's wine, I say, well, what kind of wine? More most people I find drink blended wines, mm-hmm. and I think, but then they don't think about how important it is. There, there's it's a masterclass a, kind of here in America. There, there's a misconception that that blends are going to be super sweet. They're going to be oh. fruit forward, no tannins, X, Y, and Z, right? But if you go to France and say, give me the best Bordeaux you have from the best vintage in the last 10 years, that's a, that's a blended wine, mm. 100% blended wine. Yeah. And, you know, in the whiskey world, I, I get the whole cachet of something being a single. But unless if you're a mar- marble sculpture making David or making the most gorgeous thing in the world, yeah, that takes a lot of effort to not fuck up of sorts, right? Yeah. And to be able to create something because you can't just add some silly putty or put some Bondo over a section and, you know. So, but with whiskey, blend it with anything. I My favorite whiskey in the world is going to be the one that you find in every single bar, right? And it's it's a $30 bottle of Johnny Walker Black because yeah. it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. I don't have to worry. I've been into some shithole bars in this world and it's in every bar and it's a blend. Is it the best whiskey in the world? No. It's not technically the best whiskey in the world. And even for myself, it's not the best whiskey I've tried. But if I got $10 in my pocket and walk into a bar, they're going to have it. And I don't mind if I put some ice in it. You know, I'm not going to be the be the snot that's saying, no, no, no ice in my whiskey. No this, no that. You know, I have ginger ale and ice in my whiskey right now. So <laughs> you can kick rocks if you have a problem with that. It's funny you say that, too, because um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the number one consumer of ja- of uh, Johnny Walker is India. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They consume more per capita. I, I, they might not even be per capita. It might just be total than anyone else in the world. It's also the number one place for um, 
um, fraudulent oh. uh, uh, black market uh, Johnny Walker, but it's yeah. it's re- it, it really is a good whiskey. It's and it's bittersweet that you said that because that's where I got my start, Johnny Walker. Yeah. Um, and to the point, my wife, one of the first things she bought me was a T-shirt that said Johnny Walker on the front of it because it was my go-to when I was in the military. Yeah, it's just a good blend. It is, and you know, whiskey, wine, food. You can't wear a tuxedo everywhere you go, right? Some days you just want flip-flops, shorts, and T-shirt. I'm a hoodie guy. Yeah. 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 And then there's other days where you're going to the ball with your Cinderella, and you need to have your tuxedo and your hair done and your face shaved. Well, maybe not for you, but your, your, <laughs> you know, your, your, your beard trend properly yeah. groomed. Yeah, you know. yeah. But th- there's a time and place for everything. Right. And for me... When I'm hanging out with my boys, yes, I can go open up Glenn Morangi's Signet. I, you know, I can go open up, you know, Johnny Walker Blue if that's what they want. I can open up whatever is in my shop. I can bring it to my apartment. But most of the times, I've always just said, you know what? We're all just chilling out. We're smoking cigars. The conversations while we're here, smoking the cigars while we're here, watching the games while we're here. The whiskey is here. It certainly is just a, another guest here, but it doesn't always have to be. Anything you know, so that high shelf, and it's probably going to taste in that moment as good as if you were drinking that high dollar whiskey by yourself at home. I would rather drink rail whiskey with friends than mm-hmm. drink a high end whiskey by myself at home any day of the week, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But so, V, as we wrap it up, um, I'm sitting here eating chocolate cake, hungover, drinking whiskey, smoking a cigar. In one of my favorite places, your restaurant at the uh, chef's table here in the back. Um, and for anybody from the state or government that's listening, I'm outside in a different state. So, you know, take that to court, I guess. But uh, I am possibly smoking indoors. Sorry, Fire Marshal Bill. Um, but I want to say you have been so gracious to us, to Cast Chasers. Um, it's our date night. My wife and I, this is the place we, we go to some other restaurants every now and again, but we always find ourselves coming back here. We enjoy the people. We enjoy the vibe. It's nice to know the owner. It's nice to be friends with the owner. Um, and it's just, I know everybody that works here cares. I can walk back to the kitchen, say hi to chef, and they're just killing it. The food is never, I can't think of one time that I've been let down. Um, and I, I, I appreciate that. So, I mean, that mean that's a gift, and that's you being thoughtful and caring about your people and your customers, and I've never heard anybody complain. I, I can't think, yeah. Well, one of the things, you know, when, when you own a business is either you put yourself first or you put your customers first, and in the, in the shop and in the restaurants, we always, we have to think like business people because it is a business, but we always have to say, you know what, when I leave here, I go to a restaurant. I'll sit down in a restaurant chair, and what kind of food do I want? Mm. Um, what kind of service do I want? What kind of drink do I want? What kind of, you know. So when we decided to open up Zero, I said, what matters f- most for me is what's on the plate. Like, there's simple labeling on my wines because I wanted to worry more about what's inside the bottle. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it's a very it's a beautiful label that I created. And here in the restaurant, you're eating "quote unquote" fine dining food inside of a liquor store. Yeah. Like, when else? Where else? How else? I mean, that's that's something. And it's come on. as you are, really. Yeah. People always ask, "Is there is there a dress code?" I said, "No." Yeah. Just have some clothes on. Yeah. Be, yeah. be dressed. Yeah. But at the end of the night, we'll see. 
We'll see how that goes. <laughs> so, where can people find you? Let's let's talk about your locations. Yeah. Um, where can they get your wine? Where where can where can people take part of everything we talked about? So the 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 wine shop uh, Veritas Wine and Spirits, as well as Sierra Food and Drink, is on the Wilmington Riverfront, um, right across the street from where the beer garden is, uh, right at the entrance uh, way to the riverfront. And then we also have our, our breakfast location, Zero Forty Acres, which is in the Forty Acres section of town. That's right outside of Charlie Square. Uh, just uh, on the entrance to like the Highlands, um, but if you wanted to purchase the wine, we have it available by the glass in the restaurant, by the bottle in the restaurant, as well as um, for sale on retail inside of Veritas. And we're how far from Philly? Uh, maybe thirty like 20, minutes. Yeah, thirty minutes. Well, if you drive times. my if you drive my car, we go about yeah, about yeah, ninety hundred. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, so if you're in the Philly area, you know, visiting, it's worth the trip. Um, you may see me here or one of my friends you're definitely going to see v here because he almost quite literally lives here um his, his condo is across the street uh so if you see a white volkswagen in the in the on the road on the street he's here you see a giant lifted truck uh <laughs> chef's here this is this goes back to yeah. what, how different chef <laughs> I, had, no, I had to bring because they couldn't be different people but it, it's uh it, it balances man it works but thanks for hanging out with me bud absolutely we, we we've done many of these conversations and they're always awesome and i just thought why haven't we put a mic in front of this no. and uh it's 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 due time so um i'm looking forward to getting this out to the to the air and so people can learn more about you and who my friends are um surround yourself with good people good food good drinks it doesn't always have to be whiskey you can enjoy other things too uh, with your with your meal um Sometimes a nice glass of wine, we'll, we'll do it, and a good cigar, and a, and a good friend with a good story. Uh, that's Cast Chasers. Um, it's not about finding the perfect ramp. It's all in the chase. Here we are. Cheers. Thanks, V. Absolutely. <laughs>